Grab your highlighters. Can't find them? They're probably right there in your pocket protector. It's time for that early childhood nerd podcast. Let's get nerdy. Here's Heather. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of That Early Childhood Nerd. I'm Heather Burnt Santi. On this episode, um, uh, I have uh, Carol Garboden Murray. Hi, Carol. Hi. It feels like we haven't seen each other or talked to each other in a long time. I know. We thought we would have time. <laughs> yeah. All, I guess we've, we've, been, time. we've been texting about planning this, but we haven't really. Uh, interacted much other than that so it's nice to see you you too um so we're going to talk today about romanticizing childhood and children um which is something that uh it it it, it's, it moves in and out of my mind and i haven't been ever really quite sure how to articulate my discomfort so um when you suggested it as a topic i was like yes absolutely carol's the one to help me talk through what I'm thinking about this, but I'm going to go ahead and start with this, um, this quote that you sent um, and let you talk a little bit and then we'll just go from there. So this is from Sylvia Ashton Warner. um, And, and she writes, I suppose they still give them books about the birds and the trees and the breeze and all of that, thinking that by giving them peaceful books, they will make the children peaceful. But what they're doing is fragmenting them further disintegrating them the thing to do is to give them bad books like themselves then you'll integrate them and then you can get them peaceful yes what's that supposed to mean (laughs) i love it when i read that um, (laughs) it reminded me when i was a toddler teacher Uh we had this um we had this book that was by barbo lengren i don't think they're in print anymore Uh and it was called sam's car and so Sam has a car and then I can't remember who Lucy comes along and takes his car. Uh-huh. Sam hits Lucy. Lucy cries. They Sam cries. Mommy comes and she <laughs> says, hey, I have two cars. So it's like this very simple toddler book. It was so mm-hmm. popular. Oh, and okay. My assistant teachers kept like hiding it because um, it, they just said, this is horrible. This book shows a child hitting a child. <laughs> <laughs> And it wasn't from our country. I think it was from Australia, Barbara Lindgren. Do you know that author? I don't know. They're really beautiful books. Uh Um, But I think it's out of print. But I thought that's what it made me think of. I remember like how much the kids love that book and how relevant it was to them developing their social skills. Mm -hmm. But it showed that image of Sam hitting Lucy and they were both crying and it made the adults in my room so uncomfortable. Yeah. So this idea that um, children should be kind and good and loving Mm -hmm. and that Perhaps if we just surround them with flowers and trees <laughs> and nice images, they will yeah. they will just be kind and good and loving. And that if we do put books in their hands, the book should be about lovely things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that yeah. was just such a simple book. And I was just, it was interesting how much the kids loved that book and how unromantic it was. Uh-huh. Child hitting another child. Right. It wasn't lovely. Just it was so real. Real though, life. Right? 
Yes, yeah. absolutely. Which is, I suppose, the appeal for the children um, yeah. was that yeah. um, relatability, you know, yeah. Yeah. I suppose the teachers also might have been afraid that it was going to give some child the idea to hit, you know, there's right. always that too. Right. right. <laughs> well, I just, um, it, it sort of reminded me as I was reading through what you sent me, um, uh, among other things, of this this idea that we get into the work because we just love children mm -hmm. um and how many times i've interviewed somebody to work with young children and you ask that question why do you want this job or whatever and their answer is always well i just love children and i started to push back on that and say what about children who bite yeah you know yeah. what about children who um you know constantly have a crusty booger nose yeah you know what i mean like yeah. and and you could see the change in mm -hmm. how they, their own sort of disequilibrium of, oh yeah, how do I love those kinds of children? And that's not what I'm here for. You know, I'm here for the hugs mm -hmm. and it just makes you feel so good when you're with mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. um, and that takes away their humanity in a yeah. sort of kinder way than a lot of the other ways we take away their humanity in our practice, at least superficially kind. Um, but it, it's this assumption that they're not fully human when yeah. we romanticize the idea of childhood. Yeah, that romantic notion, you know, yeah, it's so true. Like I was thinking the same thing and I think I told you I've been trying to write about yeah. romanticism and love and I wanted to reject romanticism altogether. Like I read this book um, <clears throat> called The Anti-Romantic Child uh -huh. by Priscilla um, Gilma, Gilman, I think, Priscilla Gilman. Anyway, it was, she's she was an amazing author, but she was like a, a scholar, a poet, a, 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 she studied poetry and especially the romantic era. So she mm -hmm. had these idealized views of her own childhood, looking back on how happy her childhood and the kind of mom she would be. Mm -hmm. And then she was born with this child and she just so eloquently described, like, I feel anything but romantic. You know, <laughs> it's like this idealized image about becoming a parent. Uh -huh. And um, her son was not cuddly and her son mm -hmm. was kind of not chubby, like a cherub. He was scrawny and he had elbows that were always poking her and mm -hmm. it wasn't easy to breastfeed. And so she was like talking about this notion of the anti-romantic child. Mm -hmm. And I, and I thought, yeah, that's what I want to say. I want to yeah. say the love that we have for children isn't romantic. It, it's not in that romanticism kind of mm -hmm. philosophy it's, it's hard, it's strong, it's, it's, it's uh, deep, it's understands, mm -hmm. you know, the challenges, the commitment and all that, mm -hmm. but it takes, but then I kind of, as I was writing about it, I thought, well, it is romantic too, because, <laughs> yeah. because we do love children. Like you said, we say we love children and mm -hmm. we don't even know what we're saying when we start out, like what is right. love? And so romanticism I think we get angry as early childhood educators. We see the children running in the field of daisies and isn't it sweet and isn't it lovely and yeah. everything you do is so beautiful and you're singing songs and all that stuff. And we're like, no, 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 no. It's so much more than that. Right. right? It's, it's so one, one of the reasons that when you tell somebody that you work with young children, especially, you know, that birth to five age group, one of the standard reactions is, Oh, yeah, so <laughs> that must so, be precious. <laughs> we want to reject that. We want to mm -hmm. say, no, we take children seriously. Right. And 
And this is hard work and it requires yeah. intellectual rigor and we have to make really important decisions all days. But then as I was writing all that, I was kind of kept falling back into romanticism. Like, yeah. you know, I have to admit that I still get goosebumps mm -hmm. when I work with kids because I feel like they are so profound mm -hmm. or I get that sense of like, I'm so lucky to spend my day with these children or I sometimes look up and it does look bucolic, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's on the playground on a spring day. And so maybe romanticism is just that first step, like our, our love for humanity, right? Our love for children. Yeah. Do but you it think it's connected? Yeah. Do you think it's connected to um, that sort of evolutionary give and take that the, the child sort of has the, the babies who are, uh, I guess less difficult to connect with. Um, ooh, I don't know how I want where I was going with that, but this idea that um, the the baby's helplessness engages us, and that's for their survival. Right. You know, it's not this cosmic connection, even though it, I think both things could be true. But there's that mm -hmm. that idea that they're so dependent on us for their survival, and so vulnerable. Um, just because they're smaller, less experienced, less developed, all those things. Um, so that romanticism sort of contributes to the survival. Keeps us, keeps us keeps alive, us right? Connected, right? yeah. And that's the part where you have that push and pull. <laughs> is, is care natural? Yes. Yeah. Is love natural? Yes. Mm -hmm. and I was even re reading like Maria Montessori's works. You know, she has a whole chapter on love in... Um, one of her books of lectures, like absorbent mind or something like mm -hmm. that. And she's saying that very thing. She's sort of comparing children to mammals. You like this, it's natural mm -hmm. love. She says, actually, love is not learned. Love is natural. Mm -hmm. So that sort of fits in this, like the romantic era, the romantic yeah. uh, philosophy going back to Froebel and before that Pestalozzi is, mm -hmm. you know, this, children we see them as almost like divine almost right. a gift from god and so that connects to this like natural element of course as humans you're right it's evolutionary mm -hmm. we have to think kids are cute that's how we stay alive <laughs> they have to be cute right but but i would just like then i read that of her saying that that that, that we don't learn to love that love is natural and mm -hmm. i wanted to challenge that right right that's the place where I wanted to say, well, okay, this is where we have to grow. Mm -hmm. When we're talking about love in our profession, we have to say, well, it would be nice if everyone experienced love, right. a loving childhood, but there's a lot of confusion about what love is. Mm -hmm. So maybe care is more natural. Maybe, maybe that's so. what, maybe care is more natural because we have to care for our children. Mm -hmm. And that's what bell hooks would say. Like care is not love. Don't mm -hmm. conflate care and love. I can live in a home where my mom feeds me, dresses me, keeps me clean and dry and still be really confused about lo what love is mm -hmm. because maybe my parents are punitive. Maybe they're spanking. Maybe yeah. they're abusive. Maybe they're neglectful. So as children, we get really confused about the notion of love. Sure. Especially when someone is saying, I do this because I love you. You yes. know what I mean? That's yeah. that's where we get into kind of a, a toxicity of um, of talking about love without having thought deeply about it or considered it or, mm -hmm. or really 
unpacked it for ourselves. Like, what does it mean when I say I love children or, or anybody, you know, what does that really mean when I say I love somebody? Yeah. 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 And I think like, I also wanted to reject it because I think in our country, we have such a marketing mentality, right? So, and, and I'm not saying anything against Montessori education or Waldorf education, but there's those images of that romantic Mm -hmm. era. And so even though Pestalozzi and Montessori, they were, they were all about helping the disabled child and Mm -hmm. the child in poverty when it's come here to our country because of the way things are set up um, with commercialism and capitalism there's this marketing element Mm -hmm. where it's okay again the child in the field of daisies Mm -hmm. and the child holding a wicker basket and caring for the animals on the farm and it's Mm -hmm. all so beautiful and it is kids. It yeah. is beautiful. It is bucolic. I love seeing kids in nature. I love seeing kids with animals, but it doesn't tell the whole story of the whole child. Right. Then it, there's this piece of society that doesn't understand the whole child. And so that when you're, when your toddler is having a ta- temper tantrum in the grocery store, people are scolding you yeah. or, or thinking that there's something wrong or there's something bad and it's not lovely anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was, I, I was I getting think... my nails done and someone was, there were these two little girls there and this sweet little elderly woman kept saying, you're such good girls. You're such good yeah. girls. And I was like, what does it mean to be a good girl? You know, yes. they're being yeah. quiet. They're being quiet and compliant. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, I, I, you know, I think, and I, I've said this before, but I don't think I've thought about it for a while is the, the cue is good because it, it can hook us. It can get our attention. But to really be and do what the children need from us requires that we go beyond just the, oh, that's so cute. Mm-hmm. And really think about, I think what I, one of the things I feel like I'm hearing you say is that um, when you talk about the reverence that you have for childhood, it's because you understand like the developmental realities and the humanity. And even when things are messy, you can still hold that child in that space of understanding what, what might be happening, if that makes sense. So it's maybe that's what it means to, to, to love or care about children is to be able to be willing to go deeper and, um, and try to really understand what's happening because I, I, I think we, one of the, one of the dangers of this sort of romanticized version of a child is that then when there's anything that we would call misbehavior, we come down heavier on the child that, yes. you know, there must be something wrong with you child yes. Yes. because children are lovely and beautiful and angelic and you are not instead of, instead of giving them that gift of understanding or looking at ourselves or the environment in those situations, I feel like that can really be a barrier to the children who need that love the most Yes, (laughs) or that that intention. Yeah. I love thinking about that. Like the romantics, like, you know, Pestalozzi and mm-hmm. Froebel and Montessori and even like Steiner. Yeah. They had the boldness to love children, to say mm-hmm. children are divine. We have a responsibility. They are our life. Mm-hmm. In 
times when children were disregarded or children were told, you know, weren't seen as lovely. They were seen as sinning sinners or as adults. Yes. As smaller adults. They were working. Yes. So I think about that sometimes and think about how that some of our ideas now, although that was, that was the first step to loving children, some of our, like you said, it was the devil and the angel. Mm-hmm. Like we still hanging on to this, this, this sort of spiritual ethereal mm-hmm. view of this pure being coming into the world. So mm-hmm. then, then it's like, oh, this is the angelic, you know, child or, uh oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if they're not angelic, they're devilish. <laughs> right, right. And it, I think that factors into conversations about when to talk to children about race or, mm-hmm. um, uh you know, the, these other things that people get so uptight about and they say, well, children are just pure. They don't see color. They, they, they're taught, you know, no one's born hating somebody they're taught, whatever. Um, they're, they're fully human. They're noticing difference. And our job is to help them navigate the difference that they're seeing. Yes. And, um, it, it comes sometimes that romanticized view is a crutch for us yes. to not go yes more deeply into what's happening Mm -hmm. and i also think the romantics like like all those in the you know 17th and 18th century they did that so that 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 pastoral feeling so that we did get like the farm animals the nature the montessori life skill materials uh waldorf watercolors and woodworking Mm -hmm. so there is also that aesthetic of childhood um yeah and I think that we put pressure on ourselves just from a visual perspective, even as carers and teachers mm-hmm. of young children, that there's that there's so much good and beautiful um, pedagogy embedded in the prepared environment and mm-hmm. environment as a third teacher. Yeah. But again, if we fall into the romantic trap and we can't take the next step to really seeing children and letting children really be themselves and follow mm-hmm. their own direction, then we're not going to let them get messy. Yeah. <laughs> and we're yeah. not going to let our, our idea of what their environment looks like change according to the child's, mm-hmm. the child's uh, autonomy and right. direction. Right. So it's or all just their right to take up space yes. and their right to be in a place that they can do things that they enjoy and need to do. I mean, I, the, the very first, well, the second child care center I worked at, but the first one I wasn't at very long. So I, anyway, a center I worked at 30 years ago, um, it was in a church and, um, they didn't want any, we couldn't have anything in the space that couldn't be hidden on Wednesday and Friday so that the Wednesday night church and the Sunday, um, activities, uh, people didn't have to deal with the idea that children were using the space. It was really weird. Um, And that's like an extreme version, but I do think that there is this um, part of our discomfort with messiness or child-led anything is um, sort of having to come to terms with the idea that they're not all perfect and um, this, this job is hard and messy because yeah. humanity is messy and yeah. children are human. So they're messy. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I think that that, I think the biggest one for that idealized view of childhood is that I think what you've said so many times on the show is that 
confusing the developmental with the moral issues. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Dan. I got yes, that from Dan. That's, that's it. <laughs> and um, how go ahead. I was just looking over some no, of the stuff you no, sent me. Just like, I, I just remember again, being a new teacher and being kind of shocked by some of the visceral emotions that children expressed and some of their ideas. Mm -hmm. And I, and, and I wasn't really at a place where I was saying kids were bad. I was saying I was bad because mm. somehow I wasn't I was just exhausted because I wasn't keeping everyone happy all day. Oh yeah. Like this is supposed to be a happy place. Uh -huh. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and it wasn't until someone said, well, no, it's okay. They can cry. They can, you know, hitting and, and biting and all this stuff happens. We don't like it when it happens, but it happens. Right. So that as, you know, that whole Gartrell idea yes. of mistaken behavior and that they're learning. It's an opportunity for social skills instead of trying to keep it out right keep out keep it out and they'll keep it out you know keep yeah. things happy and, and flowing and 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 then you fall into an entertainment model as an educator Just yeah keep everyone or busy and distracted distraction for sure or or we see um when we fail to see the depth of children and their humanity um that's when we think i should just be able to tell you what to do and you will do it you know what i mean i should just be able to say um, instead of letting you work out your conflict in play on your own, because I trust you and trust development and trust play, we say, no, that's where I, I have to be teaching that. And it's as simple as me telling you what to do differently, because I don't acknowledge your true depth or understand what childhood is beyond this image of, uh, you know, adorable children who hug me and make me feel good about myself. Yeah. Yeah. But that makes me so excited to hear you say that because it's, that's knowing children. And yeah. that's what bell hooks would say, like, is one of the key components of love is knowledge. Yeah. Right? right. So I was looking for that quote. Yeah. You, excuse me, everyone. Love is a combination of commitment, care, responsibility, trust, and respect. Yes. Um, is part of it, but, yes. um, and knowledge, she says knowledge, knowledge. too. knowledge is love yeah. and and once you know ch a child or know, oh, this I've seen, I've seen three-year-olds do this before. Uh -huh. Yeah. No, I've seen four-year-olds do this before. Yeah. Um, it's not because they're bad, you know? Um, mm -hmm. uh, so how, how would you connect this to uh, Malaguzzi's ideas on the image of the child? And, and uh, because I, I definitely think that's one of the disconnects. And why, you know, doing true Reggio Emilia st stuff won't work, doesn't always work in our, in the United That's States. Bad. The other is our relationship with time um, and, and other pressures about standards or whatever. But the, we, we, we have a cultural image of the child, as you said, of being sinful, even, you know, even though um, that's, that's one of the holdovers yes. from those early days yes. um, of, of looking at children is that, um, well, they're just going to try and get away with whatever we can get away with, or, mm -hmm. um, yeah, we have to be in control of it all. And, uh, so I, I I'll let you answer my question. <laughs> I, I mean, I think that Malaguzzi was, you know, he was, he was looking at all the modern day people like Bruner and mm -hmm. Gardner. And I think that that, that movement all those progressive educators going back to Dewey helped us shift mm -hmm. from that romantic 
maybe also holding on to this this idea of really loving children and recognizing that that we love children in the way that we love humanity it, mm-hmm. and 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 not being on such an ex- romantic extreme but mm-hmm. sort of i think of almost like normalizing the child in society yeah right? that it doesn't have to be this the child in welfare mm-hmm. it, this poor de- deprived child and it doesn't have to be this beautiful angel from heaven but the child is a person and so mm-hmm. i think his all everything he said about the negotiated curriculum mm-hmm. and considering the child's questions the child's theories considering your response to the child the child constructing like that mm-hmm. whole everything around constructivist mm-hmm. i think helped us make the next step towards really seeing children and really loving children and I don't think he would be happy with our interpretation in this country with the the image being the environment being beautiful. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. No. Just yeah. having baskets yes. and, yeah. and, and tidiness. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to go back again and unpack a little bit uh, what you mentioned at the beginning, and we've moved away from pretty quickly, um, this, the distinction or the relationship between love and care. Mm-hmm. in this conversation mm-hmm. um because one of the first things i thought when you said that is that maybe that maybe it's care and maybe it's not love mm-hmm. is that care is more easily gendered than yeah. than love you know yeah. the, the the work of care mm-hmm. um is uh sort of interpreted as well it should come naturally to women yes. and if men do it we should celebrate them a little bit extra but love we kind of I, I don't feel like it has that gendered, um, mm-hmm. that automatic gender uh, attachment. So I don't know. What what do you think about? Yeah. I mean, I think if you read the romantics, there is so much about maternal love, mm-hmm. right? And there is so much. Um, it's interesting because there's so much about sort of the child-mother relationship. Mm-hmm. And, and I do think that's another reason why once we moved into the 19th century and we were saying, hey, we're, we're we're professionals. We had to reject some of the love, right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. we, it was associated with women being loving and women being caring. Mm-hmm. So I think that, um, and because you're a woman, it's natural and it's not hard work, right? It's natural instead of yeah. it, it. It's it caring can be professional. It can mm-hmm. be, there's a body of knowledge that we can right. learn to care better and that loving can be the same, I think. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're grappling with now is like, how, do can we love every child does every child have a right to be loved is it too much to ask of us mm-hmm. if we if we redefine love as you know this 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 key component of 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 early childhood and mm-hmm. growing up in a healthy relationship with yourself is knowing that how to love and knowing that you are lovable mm-hmm. and then as early childhood educators how can we professionalize that by thinking about how do we know the child how do we respect the child? How do we trust the child? Mm-hmm. How do we care for the child? So yeah. I think when when I say care and love are different, I, I see what you're saying about it's gendered, but I was thinking more like care can be uncaring. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Care, we have to care for kids. If we feed them, it, it can be uncaring the way we feed them. Mm-hmm. It can be uncaring the way we bathe them. But through care, they can learn to love right. themselves and learn that they are loved if it's if care is done in a loving way. Right, right. But I do think that that maternal, like we are not surrogate parents. Mm-hmm. And that's what 
a lot of the new theorists are saying is there is a way to talk about our role because once the once we were swinging back towards sort of a romantic era with attachment parenting but mm. it was kind of like the whole bonding and attachment literature was almost like making people feel like the mother is it the right. mother is the natural caregiver the baby has to be with and there's a guilt thing about so i think malagusi was saying no it's children can be cared for by many people children mm -hmm. can be loved and educated by many people we yeah. can create a community right. that that cares and there there shouldn't be this guilt associated so it can it shouldn't be gendered mm -hmm. and it can be professional mm -hmm. and and there are so many societies where children are secure as babies with mm -hmm. several adults, you know, yeah. that it's not just a, a natural womanly thing to love children and to be mm -hmm. a childhood educator. Yeah. And I, I can't remember the name of the book or the author. Oh, the book is called The Evolved Nest. And the oh. author is Darsha somebody. Mm. Um, but essentially she, she is looking at um, the way young animals are are raised and nurtured in their life and one of the chapters that was really powerful was the one about elephants and the idea oh, yeah. of the aloe mother that, that there's so many people in the herd who yeah, are helping right. with this read. with yeah. this baby um and it and it continues and it's just seen as a, a natural way to um you know i suppose it's a it's it's sort of a iteration of it takes a village to raise a child and i know that was sort of controversial when that idea in that book was first introduced and it was seen as socialism and not just this idea that there could be a community of people who care for a child and it yes. doesn't take anything away from the actual parents or whatever but there can be this community um i when i moved to indiana josie was a baby curtis was two um nope almost three. Um, and we had lived the whole of Curtis's life in grandma and grandpa's basement apartment mm -hmm. and having aunts and uncles and grown cousins all over. And then we came to Indiana and we had nobody, we didn't know anybody. There was no family. And, um, uh, I started to think about at that point, childcare as being kind of the new idea of the extended family. Yeah. If you're not comfortable with, we're certainly not taking a parent's place. Yes. But we're sort of still providing a lot of things that um had I stayed in Kearney, Nebraska, those that extended family would have been able to yeah. provide for for me and for Josie and Curtis. Yes. I love it. it's exciting that that Jules Page does yeah. has done that work on that triangle of love, mm -hmm. right? And this idea that that we're not surrogate parents, that that parents aren't aren't jealous when we love their kids. Yeah. The parents love having someone else loving their kids. Yeah. Um, that's powerful, I think. Yeah, for sure. Another way to view our profession. So um you've you've you're more familiar, you've gone more deeply into Jules Page's work than I have. I've read a, an article or two and follow her on social media. Um, but what do you what do you know of her work on professional love that could contribute to this conversation? Because because I think part of our professional drive as early childhood people to be seen as doing real work and to be seen as intellectual and professional um, has been to move more towards the clinical 
Yes. I think sometimes and yes. to feel ashamed of talking or thinking about love or yes. to get annoyed if a staff says they love a kid or whatever. No, you couldn't possibly love that child mm-hmm. um, or to worry about it not seeming professional. So what what can what can Dr. Page help us with here? I think she I think she says a lot about becoming a reflective practitioner, like mm-hmm. how is your awareness of your emotions um, whatever they're, whatever you're feeling, um, love, tenderness, anger, frustration, that, that is something we need to sort of grapple with and name in our profession Mm -hmm. that, that this work is very emotional and intimate. So it's almost like we keep saying as a profession, we are separate from the rest. Like we zero to five needs to be its own profession. It's Mm -hmm. a unique time of life. You know, we need to stop striving to be ready for kindergarten for second yeah. grade. We need to look down to the baby and understand life in a very different way. And mm-hmm. I think by actually talking about love, she says it helps us claim our identity as as a different kind of educator, as a different kind of professional, because mm-hmm. we're 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 designing our approach specifically for the baby brain or the two-year-old brain or the three-year-old brain. And that that what's required of us is a little different, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So rather than she does address like all the, the, the reasons we reject love and why it hasn't been legitimized is all the stuff you've already said about mm-hmm. this whole r- romantic notion that we want to be seen as scient- scientific yeah. or the woman not being the natural mother, you mm-hmm. know, we're, we're rejecting all those parts of ourselves. And I think even as we start to talk about it, we trip on our own words yeah. because, because we're not really used to um, really putting ourselves, our, our own self-awareness at, in, in such a place of importance in our work. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I just, I was, Um, so I'm teaching a child development class this semester and, um, we're getting ready to talk about infant physical development later tonight, in fact. Um, so I was reading that and thinking about that and, um, uh, thinking about the idea that, um, earlier is better. So we need to focus on, you know, we, we sit, we prop them sitting up and we put them in the walkers and we hold them up before they're ready. And, um, instead of just loving them and, and having that understanding of, you know, the kind of freedom to explore that will strengthen the muscles that get them to, to eventually those motor milestones that we're looking for. Um, and, you know, I think it's the same thing with the school readiness pressures. We yeah. feel like we can't be warm and loving and human because we have, these goals and these goals tend to make us want to look like institutions rather than um, just uh, warm, nurturing places for children yeah. who are five years old or younger. Yeah, yeah. Which I is think- a, a weird, a, a weird, uh, I'll say juxtaposition. It's not the word I want, but. Um, uh, to also this romanticized idea. Mm-hmm. They're, they're beautiful spiritual angels <laughs> who deserve the best, uh, but also that we need, they need to fall in line. <laughs> yeah. 
And so I have to be cold to get them to fall mm-hmm. in line or I have mm-hmm. to be stern or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. a, Oh, go ahead. No. Uh, there's a guy that I found on TikTok, and I can't remember his name now. But um, if I remember, I'll I'll put it in when this posts. But he is a he's not even an early childhood guy. He's a comedian, and he makes videos while he's doing dishes and just talks about things he's learning or thinking about. And a week or so ago, he I found a video of his that he did talking about this stuff he had just learned about babies crying and people thinking that you should not respond to babies who are crying because they're manipulative. And they'll just learn to be further manipulative. And he he just thinks that's ridiculous. You know, these evil babies trying to win. He's like, they barely have object permanence. They aren't, they aren't full-scale manipulators. Um, uh, and he got so much flack, like comment after comment of how it's obvious he doesn't have a child and children can fake cry and babies can absolutely cognitively manipulate you. And, and I, I just, okay, so what is it? Do we think infants are are angelic spiritual creatures or do we think they're evil manipulators (laughs) we have to we have to make up our mind about something right or at least consciously explicitly think it through yeah what our actions and our statements are saying we really truly believe about children yes and and having respect for that the culture of childhood that it is separate from being a student yeah that is part of our love for children is just knowing that they need to be playing and and they need to be held and they need yeah. to be messy and and I think that that and we like don't need to call about, them students. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's one of it's my like pet peeves. This idea about the little student is mm-hmm. not really helping us love children because yeah. we only think it's cute that they are the babies holding the book or yes three-year-olds you know got the little glasses on and it looks like a little librarian or something yeah. it's like we think it's cute because it's this idea of who they will be it's yeah. not loving cha- the yeah. child and it's yeah. that's damaging our image and our love for children too yeah i had to look on tiktok his name is Don- dan donahue d-o-n-o-h-u-e i'll send you a couple of videos okay. Carol, but if anyone yeah. else wants to look uh, look at him it just he does a really good job of calling out the ridiculous idea that we should do anything but respond caringly to a baby. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> and and that pressure that we have to educate them. Mm-hmm. I, I often think like all the research that's been done, like just the thing that is kind of unspoken and unsaid is how much healthier the child is going to be when they are cared for, when the yeah. parents, when the parents not under financial stress and the whole you know yeah. life style stress yeah. working and I can't afford child care and I and I and I need to get them ready and I can't pay the bills and you know if we just cared for children mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> home life would be so much more peaceful and loving yeah. and probably their brains would be so much healthier mm-hmm. and we would yeah. all be relieved of this pressure to be you know, teaching mm-hmm. because and- there's, there is, there are sort of brain development, neuroscientific implications when we, when we care and love mm-hmm. um, that if we're really concerned about a, a child's future academic success or life success can c- contribute to that or take away from that. 
Yes. But what, and we found that we found that like in the, you know, in the nineties and mm-hmm. the, like, yes, the neurodevelopment is linked to care and love, but we didn't call it care and love. Mm-hmm. We called it like relationship attachment, and, relation. attachment yeah. and social emotional skills. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, but we just couldn't say care and love. Right. So then it became like the little scholar again, because yes. social emotional skills. Yeah. Yeah. And I really, I hadn't really thought about that because I use relationship-based care a lot. And I use it. it And yeah, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but um, to, to think of it as sort of a euphemism for talking about love uh, is interesting to me that we, we, if, if I said, um, you know, what young children really need from their early childhood experience or program or setting or provider is um, love I would get more pushback than if I said uh, relationship-based care is really exactly. important. At this yes. age. Responsive care, relationship-based Responsive care. care. It right. is uh, like love yeah. and care is embedded in that, yeah. in that approach and that philosophy and all that good stuff we have from responsive caregiving, but we're still afraid to say love and care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and for good reason, because yeah. of the associations and, you know, but I just think we're getting better at defining yeah. one so that it's or, not Or we'll talk about how we love children kind of globally but when we're one-on-one or individually with them in real life work we're less comfortable saying yes I want to work on loving these children yeah I want to show love to these children I mean in a lot of Jules Page's work is a lot of interviews you know of, yeah. of educators and, and and caregivers and families and and so like sometimes when I've read her research it sparked memories for me like like I think I wrote about you know one of the memories of of like crying at the end of the year because my kids were leaving and you know mm-hmm. someone told me I was too attached yeah but I have another one where I quit a job and I was really young and I must have been like you know in my 20s and mm-hmm. I was a college student but the kids I love those kids but it was a kind of a desperate kind of situation where it was kind of a crummy daycare and yeah. we just like they were clinging to me I felt like yeah. We're like, oh, there's someone who loves us. And yes. We got it. It was, it was hard. Yeah. I just like, I remember being confused by that. Yeah. You know, as a young yeah. person. And I, I mean, I, like, I, I love them. I'm leaving them. I feel guilty because yeah. when I'm not here and, but am I supposed to love them? But yeah. Uh, uh, now, now like, like there's, a, there's a little fiery feeling of advocacy. Like mm-hmm. this is right. And I want what's right for them but you're so young and, and you don't know where to put that, all yeah. those caring, loving feelings. Yeah. And how yeah, I had a profession. an experience working in a, a center that um, I didn't want to be working at, frankly, because of mm-hmm. the, the culture and the, the, the practices. Um, and I was with one-year-olds and they all, all 10 of them would be wherever I was. And if I left, they would cry, you know, and, and instead of the adults around me thinking, what, what has Heather done with these children to create this um, connection, this loving relationship? It was, you know, well, Heather's, you know, spoils them and, and uh, doesn't have boundaries. And, um, you know, that's, that's why we don't want to get too attached because they'll cry if you have to pee and all that stuff. I was like, what a, what a really cold way of thinking about saying That's exactly, work. I was just remembering that. And I was writing almost the exact same thing yeah. about that feeling of having the kids clinging to me and feeling responsible for them and, yeah. and loving them and not knowing what, 
really love loving someone else's child was because I was young, but then having the other educators sort of roll their eyes at me and be like, mm-hmm. oh, here's yeah. Carol again. Like yeah. all the kids got to sit on Carol's lap. Yeah. I feel guilty. Like, I guess I'm not being professional or exactly. I'm, yeah. I'm confused. Like well, this, you know, I just, but then that's what I mean by reading like other people's account of uh-huh. talking about these things that we haven't been able to talk about. Yeah helps you sort it out and helps you realize, oh, when you care for children, when you feel responsible for children, when you get to know children, you love them. That's what love yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. And that's good. <laughs> yeah. So I think this is going to be one of those episodes where people email me and say on that, on episode 312, you talked about this author and I won't remember who it is. So I'm going to, but Jules Page, I want to make sure I, I make that clear. It's J-O-O-L-S-P-A-G-E. Jules Page has a lot of good, um, good work around the idea of professional love. And she's been writing, she's been researching it for quite a long time. I didn't know about her. I started to find little things when I was writing Illuminating Care. And yeah, I, I think afraid. that's Illuminating Care was, is probably where I learned about her, but she's I was afraid to it. talk about love. I was like, I'm not going to love. I'm just going to stick on to <laughs> Yeah. So, so after, yeah. So yeah, she's, I think, and, and Suze, Suzanne Axelson, really highlighted her for me too. She said, Oh, oh yeah, look at this look at this, you know, uh-huh. but like sending me links and things. Yeah. Because she's been, she's been talking about this stuff for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I know I used to follow her on Twitter, um, but I don't, I'm not on Twitter much anymore. So I don't know if anybody's still there, but she's out there to be found if people want more, more yes. of her ideas yes. and thoughts and research. Yeah. Um, what else? Was there anything else that we haven't talked about that you really want to hit? Um, I don't I'm think so. I just of... think I just think we have to challenge that that romantic view of love. And, yeah. and we don't have to discredit it because yeah, we all get that that melting heart. We yeah. all it's important that we love kids from that yeah. from that standpoint too. But but how does the romantic view of childhood limit us seeing the whole child yeah how does it limit our commitment to all children Mm -hmm. how does it how does it like you said cause us to internalize shame or reflect shame on children just for being human yeah so a question just popped into my mind what that I can imagine someone listening sort of thinking what what do we do if there's you know, because also in this conversation, we're working with young children, there are some that it's going to be really easy to feel that kind of, of love and connection with and some, some that aren't same with relationship based care, if we were calling it that it would be the same conversation. But yeah. what kinds of things do we do when we realize we're having difficulty with this yeah. one child or, or a couple of children in our group? Yeah, I think I think we have to have a place to talk about our feelings, mm-hmm. whether it's in our journal or whether it's a beloved colleague or friend, you yeah. know, we have a place to say, man, I need a break. Yeah. This is hard. Yeah. And then maybe we can re recalibrate that, that emotion, like that the, our emotional life is, 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 is a really important part of our profession in uh-huh. this where we love kids, but go back to that definition of love of just knowing children like, mm-hmm. how can I step back from this child? Mm-hmm. How can I get, untangle myself from the child and be curious? Right. And be curious to know this child. How can I show trust in this child? The, let Put the love on the shelf because mm-hmm. I don't feel the love right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
you know, yeah. But how can I care for this child respectfully? Take those elements of, of love that we're using to build prof- a professional love. Like Joel Pay says, like, yeah, how do I care? How do I know? How do I, how do I trust? Yeah. You know, but one don't- thing that I have said is, I mean, for, until recently, um, you know, you don't have to like every child, but no one should be able to tell which ones you, you know, which ones it's hard for you to like or love. Mm-hmm. Um, I hadn't thought in that, you know, cause it's a nice little soundbite, but um, I hadn't thought about uh, the necessity to work through those emotions yourself. So of course you, the things you're describing, you know, whether it's journaling or finding that um, trusted coworker that you can have not a, oh my God, I hate this kid venting, you know, pile on, but like, uh, I'm really struggling. What, here's what I feel when this child wipes his boogers on me or hits another child or whatever those kind of unlovable characteristic might, might be. So I have to, I have to add that into my, yeah, um, my, I my think this conversation whole, like, now. like, I'm thinking of a child last year that was really difficult and, and I just kept coming back to like, I was observing him and I was helping someone else observe him. Mm-hmm. And I was pointing out to the observer, notice how the, the teachers have not called his name. It's cleanup time. Uh-huh. The teachers have not called his name because he's kind of losing it and he's all over the place. So, but they have strategies. Notice how the teacher put her hand on his shoulder. Uh-huh. The teacher whispered in his ear that he can be the one to clean the paintbrushes. Uh-huh. No, so I was pointing out to this other person, there are a lot of strategies in place to help this child be successful. This is a really difficult child who's, who's, mm-hmm. who's kind of, there's been some days when these teachers have been ready to pull their hair out, mm-hmm. right? But early childhood educators usually aren't supported right? Yeah. We don't have strategies. We don't have ways to separate ourselves. We don't have someone coming in to observe, to help us figure out all that we're doing to mm-hmm. help the child be, or getting a, getting an evaluation. Like if you have someone else kind of holding up the child with you and saying what this child deserves to be lovable yeah. and yeah. it's not easy. Right. But I think the reason we sometimes feel that we don't love children is because we, we don't feel supported. We don't mm-hmm. feel loved. We don't like, or or we don't have that permission to have anything in our space that looks chaotic or out of control. Um, So, so all of those little things that inevitably happen with young children, especially in group life, um, instead of being curious about it, we feel like we just need to stop and fix it. Mm-hmm. And um, it's the curiosity that will help us find a connecting point yes. with that, with that child um, or to at least not see them through this lens of pressure and frustration. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We have to support our early childhood people. Yeah. And this, I think sometimes we're, you know, there's this radical acceptance and zero expulsion, you know, mm-hmm. talk. And we all want that. We don't mm-hmm. want any child to be expelled, but in the absence of support, mm-hmm. that that work falls on often under resourced people. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but, so, so it's, it's a, it's sometimes such a gigantic 
gulf yeah. between what we want to be as a profession and where we are and, and the kind of supports and strategies and mm-hmm. networks that early childhood educators need to love children. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lisa Murphy and I are reading this book called No Longer Welcome. That's about oh. suspension and expulsion that we're going to record about as soon as oh, Lisa good. finishes it. But it's been really um, uh, helpful, as yeah. you you know, to present kind of all the sides of that of that decision um, or that possibility. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, I certainly. I think I think we probably should. And the conversation. Yeah, I think we're good. Um, we've Thank been going everyone. for a while. I was. I keep looking at all this stuff you sent me and feeling like no, we didn't I think hit we it all. But... Every... No, I feel like yeah. we did. We yeah. helped me. It helps me think out loud. Yeah, yeah. I think um, for me too. It's um, it's helpful. I find myself even even as I talk about being curious, thinking in very well. Of course, we love children. If you don't love children, there's a problem. Um, you know that binary instead mm-hmm. of thinking about all this nuance. So it's helpful for me too, to, to kind of lay it all out there. I, I was talking to my son about it, who he's 20 now. And he said something like, isn't that just too much to expect of people to love all children? <laughs> and which I thought was such a good question, Yeah, but because it got me rolling again. And then I, and then I went back to that. Like, I don't, I hope that lo- our way of defining love and viewing love in a supportive network where early childhood educators feel like they have support. Mm-hmm. I hope that our view can be more liberating. Right. I hope it's not another thing. Okay, now we have to love everyone. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? yeah. you want us to teach it, but now you want us to love it. That yeah. it can be like- You need to document wall. every loving thing you do. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I hope it can be a reciprocal, regenerative, yeah. liberating force. Yeah. I think, it, it, I believe it is, but but I understand how- I, people shouldn't be hard on themselves because we're, we're humans and mm-hmm. yeah. And we need to acknowledge our, our struggles and we need to find, we need to, we have the right as educators to have those networks mm-hmm. to help us, help us define love right in ways yeah. that children can all experience being lovable and being loved and learning how to love. Mm, yeah. That's a nice way to put it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, now I wish I had a real classroom to go to tomorrow and love on some uh, some children. But I'll just love on my college students later today. Do that. They need it. <laughs> they also need it. Yeah. Really need it. All right. Thank you, Carol, thank for this you conversation. So much, Good to talk thank to you, you always. And thanks everybody for listening to another episode of That Early Childhood Nerd. And that's the show. Now go get your nerd on. has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh...